Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Thomas. And this is the Unbossing Podcast. A show about unleashing the full potential of every organization. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen. Before we dig into another great unbossing conversation, Thomas and I would like to quickly share the following. As you know, or maybe you don't know yet, we at Highfluence, we specialize in unbossing organizations and unleashing the potential of people working in those organizations. Next to creating this fantastic and inspiring podcast content, we obviously also help companies unboss with our unbossed consultancy journeys and or our unbossed interim managers. Now, if you want to get to know us better and see us in action and taste our energy and experience, then you and your team should play our innovation game. This game is truly something special. We developed it together with The Forge and the University of Ghent. And in less than three hours, you and your team will have massive fun. You will learn everything worldwide research shows us about how to create an innovation-driven organization in terms of mindset, culture, skills, and processes. And lastly, it's an extremely low-risk way to trigger dialogue with your team on fundamental organizational topics. The only thing you need to do is send me, Nick van Langendonk, a LinkedIn message with the name of the podcast you're about to listen, and then you'll receive a 10% discount on the innovation game. For more information, check out our website, www.highfluence.eu. And now, without further ado, we bring to you the tools and tactics of yet another inspiring unbossed leader. Enjoy! Gunther, an independent Scrum caretaker. Both Thomas and myself are very keen to understand what that means. Could you please Let's, enlighten us? Yeah, I'll try to do that. First of all, Nick, Thomas, thank you very much for being on the uh, Unbossing podcast. Uh, I like the term unbossing a lot. It, it resonated with me, so that's, that's cool. And in a way, maybe that's, it's connected to why I call myself a Scrum caretaker too. So it's, my life is all about Scrum. That's why it's got Scrum in my uh, title or whatever you would call it. Um, And I've been doing this since 2003, which is which is currently over 17 years. So imagine, I'm still uh, passionate about it. And I, I've done lots of things in it, uh, too much to explain even in half an hour. Um, but in, in 2016, I uh, had been working for three years with uh, Ken Schrader, so one of the two creators of Scrum. Uh, with his company Scrum the Talk, based in Boston. I live in Antwerp in Belgium, where I still live. Um, and in 2016, having three years um, done partnering with Ken, so I was Ken's partner for a lot of things, um, I decided to um, yeah, be really on my own two feet and be out there, go out, work with teams, do consulting again, because it's something we didn't do. We did lots of fascinating stuff, but not consulting. Um, And, and so I became truly sort of self-employed. I had uh, three years before that to work with Ken, I had started my own little company in Belgium. It's a one-person company. So and after three years of exclusive partnering with Ken, 
I wanted to be on my own. So I still had my company. Um, and I had to think of a title for myself. You know what? LinkedIn wants us to put a position and a title and so on. And in 2016, um, I, I, we talked about it a little bit already. I like sometimes sort of also against my nature, strangely enough, but sometimes I like to be intuitive about things. So, and, and I was thinking, how can I call myself? Because you know what? I'm a one-person company. I can call myself the CEO. I, can, I see people doing that, calling themselves the CEO of their own company. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, but I'm not just the CEO. I'm in a way, I'm also even the CFO and I am... Um, I do all of the marketing. I'm even I'm even the, the main help desk or whatever support engineer. So I, I decided to, let's go intuitively almost for something that I feel reflects who I am, what I like. So I came up with this uh, caretaker thing. So I started calling myself a scrum caretaker. Afterwards, I uh, added independent to that because I want to make clear to the people that I get connected with that I do this on an independent basis. In that sense, I am not part of any fixed structure. And I like to call myself, first of all, Scrum, but I like to call myself caretaker too because Scrum is often seen as a process. It's it's often imposed on people. Um, and And... Slowly, slowly, a lot of organizations are getting to see the advantages of, let's say, what we call the empirical process, meaning uh, regularly inspecting so that you can adapt, so inspecting a real situation and adapt to it, get new insights, uh, observations of it, and that allows you to adapt. And, and so that, that what we call empirical management approach, that is that has been replacing what we call the predictive management approach, which is which is good. You can't predict the world like uh, two quarters, three quarters, three years ahead in time. But what I like a lot is um, Scrum is not just good for building products. I also believe that Scrum is really good for the people involved in Scrum. And I felt like calling myself a caretaker reflects that that, that caring part. I care about people. So I do not only care about the process of Scrum, I deeply care about it. I deeply care about what organizations can, to, can do to get more out of their Scrum, let's say. And, and But that is very tightly connected to the aspect of people in Scrum. And, and that's caretaker for me reflects that I care also for the people involved in Scrum. And, and that, that's sort of the caretaker aspect. And could you... I heard you said say once, uh, Hunter, in a previous conversation, um, people are naturally agile. Yeah. I also heard you say like, Scrum is all about business agility. And at the same time, in most cases where I hear the term Scrum, it's about adopting a process. Yeah. So could you elaborate a little bit more on what Scrum in terms of business agility and people can mean. Yeah, absolutely. It's not and just a process. What is it then? Well, in, 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 uh, back in 2013, so when I left, uh, I was principal consultant at a large consulting company and I left that company to go work with Ken. Uh, by the same time, I also wrote a little book about Scrum. And, and one of, for me, the core statements in my book is, Scrum actually is more about behavior than it is about process. In that sense, with Scrum, we only create a framework, 
But within the framework, there is room for creativity, innovation, and so on. And, and the, 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 the benefits you get out of Scrum depend not on implementing, imposing the process. It depends on how well people connect within the framework, how they interact with each other, how they collaborate. And that is behavior. So it's more what people do with Scrum than imposing Scrum. And again, it goes back to that caretaker uh, ID, um, connecting process and people. And that's that's very important for me. Um, and, and just a small thing, Nick, it might sound silly, but for me, Scrum is not about business agility. Scrum is about agility. And agility, at most, it's about potential enterprise agility because we want to... Um, um, transcend and, and cross the gaps between business and functions and, 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 and departments and so on. So it's, it's not just business agility. Business agility requires involvement of IT, technology, and so on. So it's about agility in general. And in order to improve your agility, and Scrum is a tool to do that, with which I mean that Scrum is not, cannot be the purpose of Scrum. The purpose of Scrum is something more. It's not about the process. It's it's what, what is your why? Why are you implementing Scrum? And I like to translate that into often people want to increase or organizations want to increase their agility, meaning reflex, uh, flexibility, speed, responsiveness, uh, adaptability. And that's why I say um, people are naturally agile because all things agile and Scrum, it starts and ends with people. Not with process. The process is supportive to inspiring people to collaborate and, and try to help them find their intrinsic motivation again. So, so in, in that sense, I, I like to say people are naturally agile because Scrum, and it sounds a bit silly, but Scrum, when implemented well, it, it's going to build on the natural ability that people, human beings, have to adopt. To, to adapt to new insights and new circumstances, new experiences. And, and that's very strange because, like you say, a lot of agile, whatever they call it, transformations and, and scrum adoption uh, efforts, they focus too much on imposing the process. And, and that's, that's what I call industrializing your scrum to death. <laughs> it's, it's not helpful. It, it, people are naturally agile. Let, let me explain. In our personal lives, we are all agile. If, if the bare essence of being agile means being able to adapt, not to stick to fix whatever upfront, whatever predefined structures, processes, whatever uh, plans. And, and people are naturally agile. In our personal lives, we, we adapt to new insights and new circumstances all the time. Look what everybody's done over the past 12 months. We have adapted our personal lives uh, deeply. But it seems that, that that natural ability of people to adapt is being blocked, limited, impeded in our professional environment. And, and that is for me one of, one of the problems. So, so Scrum for me builds on two aspects. And, and that's what I call Scrum's DNA. So beyond the, the process, print plannings, the meeting events, whatever, the, the artifacts and, and, and so on. Beyond those or even underlying, those are two for me main aspects. Scrum builds on the idea, and, and that was revolutionary in the past, the 90s when it was created, and even the early 2000s. Scrum builds on the idea that software development, because let's be clear, that's where Scrum has its roots. 
Scrum builds on the idea that software development is actually not an industrial, a manufacturing activity, but a creative and complex activity. And, and, and that's why Scrum's DNA consists of two things. First of all, the empirical process, the process of regularly inspecting and adapting, checking regularly where you stand, what's your reality, and, and, and adapting to that. Now, the empirical process that is, is overtaking the predictive process or the predictive management approach, in which people try to uh, create uh, plans, big plans for the next three years ahead, and, then, and by all means try to stick to the plan. Now, the people aspect of Scrum is, is, is in the second aspect of Scrum's DNA. The first aspect, empiricism. The second aspect is, in, in a global, in, a, in general terms, self-organization. And, and, and Scrum is all about creating a frame, boundaries within which people can self-organize. And that is building on people's natural ability to adapt. So, so, and that's for me important. So, in Scrum's DNA, empiricism, self-organization, um, Scrum has been around for a while, officially 25 years. I've been doing it for 70 years. And, and again, it connects to my uh, Scrum caretaker title, name, but more ambition and dreams. What if we spent the next 20 to 25 years on focusing now on the people aspect of Scrum? Using Scrum as a framework to create boundaries within which people can self-organize and that thriving on that inspection adaptation. So Binder, now I have to ask you one question. Are yeah, you still talking about Scrum in the software industry or in the software sector? Sorry. Or are you talking about Scrum everywhere? Well, that's, that's a lovely, lovely thing, uh, Thomas, because Scrum has its, as I explicitly said, it has its roots in software development. And that was, that was a revolutionary vision, considering software development not as a manufacturing activity and thereby inviting it to use a waterfall process, but as a creative activity, because it also recognizes that the people doing the work Certainly software development, that's a creative process. We need people using their cognitive, their creative their abilities, their skills and intelligence. Now, in the meantime, Scrum is certainly no longer limited to software development only. Because Scrum, with, it, with, its, with its DNA, empiricism and self-organization, it can be applied to any complex creative challenge. So, and now it comes, Runda. Uh, you are talking about a past where software sector was so distinctive and so different from, for example, the banking sector, for example, the heavy industry sector. Why? Because all these traditional industries, they could do their five-year plans, Günther, and they yeah. love to do their five-year plans. It was, a, it was a, a spiritual almost exercise, and now mm -hmm. it's gone. And yeah. Günther, why is it gone? Because all the stability is gone. The stable yeah. environment five years out, ten years out, yeah. it's gone. And now suddenly they are looking to the software guys because the software guys never had this stable environment, never had it, and and yeah. and, and 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 were able to adapt on the fly. And now, uh, Günther, let me be now a banking executive who is puzzled, puzzled uh, by everything which is going on, by all the disruption from the left and from the right, how, how could you help me? How could I 
profit from your uh, gained wisdom of Scrum within software. What could I do? Yeah, well, and, uh, and that's that's indeed lovely. Now, first of all, certainly the full software development industry hasn't turned around yet completely, but it's it's happening, and I'm 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 really happy to 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 see uh, you, Thomas, from your position, confirm that indeed the non-software world is looking to the software guys as examples. That's sort of the other way around than it used to be, which is which is really cool. Um, again. Whenever I work with organizations, I will always go back to not the process, but the, 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 the people part. But even the empirical process helps us see that, you know what? Well, and, and, but that's a huge challenge because people think, let's say, take your example, banking industry or whatever. They think they have control by the fact that they have a plan with all sorts of exhaustive details and descriptions and expectations expressed in them. Now, it will change. And, and so it's a huge step to let go of that uh, upfront, let's say, plan or detailed exhaustive roadmaps and to learn that you will have more control by looking at your ability to adapt to new insights and, 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 and the Scrum process in that, sense, in that sense helps you do that. Because the only thing that Scrum defines is how to work in short cycles of a month time or less And then, then you get control out of, let's say, the boundaries. In, in that sense, not to put it in a nasty way, but you don't get control out of breathing down people's neck on a daily basis, checking in, have you done what you promised you would do? But allowing them freedom and then getting control out of those boundaries, out of the results of what has been done in those short cycles, which we call sprints in Scrum. And then that, that's already a huge step, letting go of upfront plans and then, and then discover a new way of connecting to the people doing the work, uh, not by imposing big plans upon them. And then, and then because you and I know that in the end, the only thing that will, people will do is they start lying. They will, they, will, <laughs> they will say that everything is in line with the plan until the week before the results need to be presented and then suddenly all, all green lights turn red. Surely and nobody knows why. That's not helpful. <laughs> it, it's, it's more helpful to get more control out of um, sprint by sprint every couple of weeks, check in with people, see what, you, what they've done um, and help them find better ways to do their work rather than telling them what to do. And, that, and, that, and that's sort of moving, you know, this, this thing, we've got this thing in Scrum and HL that we call servant leadership. Yes. So we've got this coaching facilitation role in Scrum. It's called the Scrum Master. Now that is no different for every manager executive in the company. I, I've translated that to uh, in in a couple of companies where I work with. I've worked with a couple of international executive teams. Translate that into um, you have to become a sort of servant manager. Now the 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 great thing is the following. Now like people are naturally agile. We don't have to tell them that they should now learn how to be agile. We have to un unleash that ability. What I found with a lot of um, executives, management teams, and some, but even the highest level executives, they actually, when I talk to them, they actually care a lot about their people. They care about the, the, the staff, about the employees. But it seems very strange that in, a, in our let's say, business culture, organizational culture, as people climb the ladder, it seems that for whatever reason, 
it's easy feel enforced to leave out emotions and and to leave behind that caring for people but when i talk about them they really care for people they know what it takes to be a sort of better executive manager but there's a lot of pressure shareholders often um even even um maybe owners of the company or management layers even on top of them that prevent them from unleashing that ability so so becoming a servant manager helping people facilitating people creating better work environments they have it in there it's it's a way to get it out and unleash it but often in large organizations you know procedures governance processes that are in place that people think yeah. they need to follow yeah so we that, know that stuff yeah there's yeah. A, a few challenges so step by step i don't believe in those large scale whatever sort of hl or whatever transformations that say yeah overnight or over the weekend we will just um flip your company upside down and it will become hl no hl is hard work such a transforming gradually transforming an organization from a sort of traditional pyramid structure into a networked structure that thrives on purpose and not on command and control that is a gradual slow process it it's it it's going to have to do it step by step by step initiative after initiative it has what i say to people it has no direction people people often think in terms of clichés like oh yeah top down bottom up that's irrelevant it's not top down it's not bottom up it's it's top down combined with bottom left right, right in inside out outside in it goes in all directions and and but the difficulty is yeah what you just uh, shared thomas that um you can't make your company more agile you can't properly adopt the scrum process by doing it in an industrial way by using the old school recipes that you're used to and 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 that's the difficulty becoming um agile using that 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 iterative incremental approach or moving towards that iterative incremental approach requires already an iterative incremental approach in itself because you yep. can't you plan the agile in your agile transformation yeah you can't plan to be agile up front you can't say by the end of the year i want us to be 100% agile that brings us into beautiful discussions so when i go in to work with uh, executives uh, thomas um my my I don't go in with any upfront plans, blueprints. I'm not going to tell them how their organization should look like because agility that flexibility is what I call an unique signature of a company. You can't copy paste what other ones are doing, but you also can't use the old industrial recipes of the past to become more agile. And and that, that it seems I make life very difficult on myself because it's what organizations expect from me yeah you're the expert you've been doing this for 17 years you've seen so many things yeah that's true and it doesn't mean that it applies to you i'm here always again to help you find out for yourself to discover it's a journey i'm here to guide you on your journey on and that's where my journey starts with scrum i can help you discover based on scrum how to rethink 
all the structures that you have in place now, how to rethink your own position, your own role. I can help you move from that command and control manager to a servant manager. But I can't say when, how. I can't say what teams will, will get it at what point in time. I can only offer you my help. And it's, it's yeah, that old school expert thing that sort of people expect. I'm not. I'm, I'm a novice. I'm new in this. Gunda, when you give these messages, what reaction do you get from your prospective clients? Well, um, um, it, it, I, I must be very bad at it because uh, there's not a lot of uh, companies going for what I think they should be doing. Um, <laughs> but, but what I see, a lot of companies ending up, anyhow, after a while, it's what I've called the illusion of agility. They think they're increasing their agility the flexibility, speed, whatever, but they do it based on industrial recipes, mass production. All teams have to do this. All teams have to follow the same way of working, regardless within an organization, their domain, their technology, their people, whatever. And, 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 and companies think they are increasing their agility because they impose a process on people. They impose predicted plans on people. And after a few years' time, often two, three, four years, um, it's a hard wake-up call that they go to. It's what I called, they build up the illusion of agility, which is what I called shown by the deflation by reality. So it, deflation is like a balloon. They, they blow up a balloon, and at some point in time, it deflates quickly, suddenly. Yes. They, re, they realize our customer satisfaction is not going up. Our, our employee and team engagement is not going up. Our benefits has not been increasing. Our quality has not been increasing. So the outcome of their work has not improved or, be, or became better. And so no I call the by they reality. Have, yeah, but they have wonderful slides produced along the way. Yes, absolutely. It's also Please. why I say it's, it's part of... People are naturally agile. Another thing that I start with saying with an agile transformation, um, it's, it's in that sense way too explicit. It should be implicit because transforming your organization means transforming how you actually do your work. Yes. It's, not, it's not saying that they should change their work. It's, and that's why we have this iterative incremental uh, short cycle way of working in place. Every cycle, you should look for sprint in Scrum. You should look for a way to do your work slightly differently. And then imagine after two, three, four years, you will have, you might have deeply transformed your way of working, but it sounds less controlled than by doing it in mass production, upfront predicted plans. But I, I, I always feel sad with that observations of the deflations by reality that I see because I just know that you know what in all those years all that money you spent all that time you invested all that energy you you also took from your people oh my god it could have been so much better but just not trying to upfront predict it believe in yourself trusting yourself that you can do this that you can go on a journey of discovery but it's so difficult to get through to to, to be Nick. Yeah. Nick, we have now a new term introduced, which is the illusion of agile. We had already, and, and Günther, also for you, maybe new to you, we had already the term zombie agile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that are the companies who have produced these wonderful slides 
with tribes, chapters, yeah. Yeah. with daily stand-ups. Uh, and when you talk with employees of these companies and you ask them, hey, guys, and you are agile now, congratulations, they roll with their eyes. Yeah? They yeah. roll their eyes and say, oh, yes, that's also what I believed one year ago when we started that journey. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it's really and, superficial and artificial. They just perform the ceremonies, but again, there's no deeper meaning. The 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 so it should it natural transformation should change how you work. It should also simplify how you work, and 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 you should see engagement of people increasing. People coming back to their jobs, loving what they're doing, um, and 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 thereby producing great results. Not by being told what to do. And again, it's it's not reflected in what I call, it's not about behavior yet. So Scrum mm -hmm. is more about behavior than it is about process. The process, the practices in Scrum are good, but they're just a very, because they're tangible, they're actionable. But, but you should have people around that help you see beyond the practices. It's also why I ask with, with when I when I connect with uh, executives or management teams, I want to know why are we here? Why am I here? Why did you invite me here? Because yes. I'm not here to explain Scrum. I want to <laughs> find out what's your urgency? What are your problems? What are you trying to get out of? What are you trying to fix? Is it yes. transparency? Is it is it reconnecting with your consumer base? Is it re-engaging your workforce? Why are we here? And then, and then that's important because that that creates a sort of why. Because I do know that Scrum is a very, very different way of working. It's not. It's you can't. You can't. You can't use the Scrum terms terms for old school practices by just saying changing the name. That will not help you. So, and now, Günther, it comes never. I I want to give over to Nick because Nick. We often have this situation that you say, uh, Nick, all these terms, Agile, Scrum, other stuff, can be even harmful. Right, Nick? Um, exactly. And uh, Günther mentioned uh, that he doesn't like to make these Agile transformations explicit and rather sees them as implicit initiatives that are happening all over the place. And that, that coincides with that. I mean, from the moment that you give the elephant a name, um, you are also, well, doing new things in an old school way, giving the program a name, giving the project a name, and immediately giving everybody in the organization an elephant to shoot. Um, so, so you're turning it into a project with a fixed end date rather than a journey of discovery. And so yeah. the danger is that you focus too much on the structures and the systems and sometimes the skills. So let's, let's give everybody a training in Scrum Master, but that you don't focus on the mindset, the beliefs, and the culture that is required to make these processes and structures work. And uh, I think that's exactly what Gunther is trying to say. And so I'm very keen to hear um, from Gunther. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into the role of the banking CEO, listening to Gunther and saying, Gunther, I want to transform my own 
personal leadership style. I want to become a servant leader to uh, my organization. I want to go on a journey. I'm ready to go on a journey. I want it, I'm ready to stay faithful to my beliefs. Um, um, I don't need a three-year plan. Uh, I want to go all the way, Günther. Um, what is the biggest mistake, Günther, that I can make? So I, oh. I've, I'm adopting everything that you said. I want to start the journey. What is the biggest mistake that I can make? So there's uh, probably a few mistakes you can make, but one of one of one of my uh, uh, major um, observations, let's say, it's what I call um, the biggest impediment to 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 agile. Just to make it very short and focused. So the biggest impediment to agile for me is our um, continued obsession with wanting to control individuals. It seems something that a lot of people can't get over. So that is a huge danger. Focus on the boundaries uh, of Scrum. So uh, focus on, start focusing on the environment, the organization, um, the boundaries, but not on the individuals. So try to move away from individuals, tasks, estimates, individual performance, and, and move towards fostering an environment that helps people, that inspires people, that helps people to engage. Mm -hmm. That drives in a way on self-organization. And self-organization is not limitless. It's not anarchy. Self-organization happens within vision, within boundaries. So that's not, there's not, there's not a risk away in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so stop stop focusing on tasks, individuals, and individual performance and estimates. Thomas, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I'm hearing uh, Paul van Ooyen, eh, the CEO from Atex Group, who said it's in the, in the shift from command and control to something new, it's fairly easy for people to let go of the command part, but it's very difficult to let go of the control part. And that's what Günther is, uh, is also saying, right? Exactly. Exactly, Nick. I fully agree. Gunther, this was a fascinating perspective from one of the pioneers of Scrum. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. We are uh, really grateful uh, for sharing this, um, what Scrum is really about and what it isn't about. And, um, well, we're looking forward to do super fun stuff together in the future as well. Yeah, cool. I just, just, just saying because I, I like your expression of unbossing. Because it's, it's, I've also said in, in, in a way in Scrum, there's a lot of management happening in Scrum. There's a lot of managing. The activity of managing still happens in Scrum. But there's not a lot of bossing in Scrum. You don't need bossing in a creative, complex environment. You don't need people thinking that I know best, I know better than the 30 people that I'm working with. Working with. Unleash their capabilities that intelligence use it's something we call bottom-up knowledge creation use the knowledge the insights that live with your people so and that and that's why i like the unbossing it doesn't say that we don't need management it doesn't say we don't need leadership managers people doing management but we need it in a servant leadership style and and, and that is that is very different from bossing people around Thomas, 
Scrum caretaker Gunther. I found it a really interesting conversation because it goes into the depth of what Scrum is and what it isn't. And Scrum is an observation that I make is maybe one of the most raped hypes uh, of the past 20 years, isn't it? Very, very good remark, Nick. This was a special one. And what sticks with me is his sentence, guys, you are human beings. You are already agile. You are agile from the moment of your birth. We don't have to make you agile. What we have to do very well is to take away all that nonsense, all that bureaucracy, all that, all that stuff which hinders you from being as agile as you are anyway. That's, for me, an absolute wonderful takeaway, wonderful takeaway. And coming back to your, to your almost passion of not using such hyped expressions, and Scrum is a hyped expression, and Agile is as well. I loved this expression of, of Günther of saying the illusion of Agile. And how often do we see it? There comes news from headquarters. We were sitting together with the consultants. We paid them a couple of millions of euros. And ta-da! Out come the PowerPoint slides. 30 slides. We are going Agile now, guys. And we introduce Scrum methods, make no mistake. And then one year later, half a, half a year later, you speak with employees of these huge organizations and they tell you how frustrated they are. It's not only that it's not a yota better than half a year ago. No, it's even worse. They all still have their post-traditional processes. And now they added another layer the daily empty stand-up, the zombie stand-up. It's, it's a kind of a picture which I see in front of me and where I, I totally feel also the frustration of Günther and where I go back to what you said. It's a, it's a, a raped expression. Yes, and to add on that with my uh, key takeaway is um, he reconfirmed again that it's hard. It's hard to let go control. It's hard to not make it explicit in an old way of working. It's hard to become agile in an agile way. So not making it a big program with an end result, we are agile, but making it implicit and let go of control. Um, it's hard for leaders to transform them, themselves in that journey. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not a walk in the park. And um, another key takeaway is, hmm, It's about value. Instead of talking about Agile or Scrum 
And that's also why I don't like to use these names like Agile, Scrum, Embossing, whatever in, in the, the journeys we do is because it prevents us talking about what it's really about. It's about creating value for our employees, creating value for customers, becoming more efficient in certain parts of the organization or becoming more customer focused in other parts. It's about what value do we want to create, not about which method we want to become or implement. Very good point, Nick. And therefore, to every CEO as a listener here, what is it that you want to achieve concretely? Do you want to achieve that you come out with new fantastic products every two months instead of every three years? Do you want to achieve that your customer requests are being dealt with in the future within one day instead of within one month? Is it that what you want to achieve? Make Is that it, as concrete as possible. Make it as concrete as possible. Picture it in front of you. Picture in front of you an agile, an unbossed team who is very happy to having dealt with, with a customer request within one day from A to Z. Picture in front of you this happy customer instead of what you have now, the bureaucratic monster, the frustrated team members somewhere out who have to deal with the bureaucratic monster and cannot serve the customer. And if they are lucky, they can do it within one month and with a lot of frustrations along the way. Picture in front of you this new situation and, and you are on your way. And you yeah. are on your way much better than having the, the agile PowerPoint presentation. Exactly, exactly. Thank you for the energy, Thomas. And uh, now we are off to another fantastic episode. Exactly. Exactly.